Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Time now for the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Look, Jackson's bouncing. Look at Fire you. Fire it up. You want this one today. I really do. It's Balloon Party 101 ESPN award winning. Inside STL has given it the best show. So thank you to Inside STL for that. And best show title. I should disclose I am the majority owner. Uh, Jackson, uh, what is the lead today? Gabe's with us at nine, at ten fifteen, nine fifteen. If you're in Denver, but right. uh, we'll take your uh, questions. Six five seven eight zero is how you can send them in for the Air Comfort Service tax line for the Colonel, and uh, we're giving away the, the tickets. Yeah, Bud Bash tickets. Bud Bash tickets, and Jackson will unilaterally decide who gets those. Right. Six five seven eight zero. So you can text in. Mic drops. Steve been Steve's off this week or something with the mic drops. Frankly, I haven't looked, but I'm gonna look now. You haven't looked this week. Oh my God! I got to tell you, we're gonna fight again. We fought after yesterday's show. I think I won because I ran. We yeah. might have like five or six mic drops, and they're just sitting there in a vault. It's a possibility. I'll take a look. Maybe he what hasn't left. What in the anymore. hell? Uh, let's see what we got. Uh, Tim, I'm on my way to Manhattan and listening to you boys. Am I hammering Mizzou money line plus two forty five or what? God, I gotta tell you something. I don't know. Chat ever. <sighs> I wasn't planning on leading with this since we have the Colonel at 10:15. Number one, it's the most excited I've been for a Missouri game in a long time. Um, I don't know, comparatively speaking, to what? I don't know. I don't know, man, for real. I, the game against Alabama in the SEC championship game? Mm. That seems ridiculous. Right. We've talked to Gabe about this where he talked about the Ole Miss game. Yeah, I wasn't excited for that about that. 2018. That but, team wasn't going anywhere. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think. and It did very well with the fan base and attendance-wise. But I, I here's, here's, here's what I'm saying from a concern standpoint. I feel like there is this sense of expectation that Missouri is going to win this game or it's going to be a cover – and now, with the forecast being rain all game, I don't know. I Listen, I will be locked in. I won't be wagering one way or the other because my the void that is my emotions will be filled purely by the game. I shall not need wagering to give me any adrenaline rush. That's fair. I'll probably throw a little half a unit on Mizzou Moneyline just because, you know, the, the it's good value plus 255, and if they lose it, it's half a unit. And if they win, what a sweet Saturday it'll be. All right, fair enough. Action Jackson's going to play it. Uh, Gabe will join us. We'll take your uh, two, uh, two-part questions. Yeah, why not? Take them. <laughs> Six, five, seven, <laughs> Six, five, seven, eight, zero. Uh, and uh, we also are giving away these Cardinal tickets. I was going to ask you what the lead is. What is the lead? What is the lead? 
Oh, man. Probably Cardinals lost yesterday. But for the record, here's how I define the lead. It's not what it quote-unquote should be. Because should be would be, okay, well, we got to talk about the Cardinals, and now we got to talk about the Blues, and now we got to talk about Missouri, and then we got to talk about Illinois, and I guess we'll work in the Billigans, and then we'll and we're, we're, we're servicing everybody. I'm not in the business of servicing everybody. I know you are, and I know you're great at it, yep. but I'm not. What do most people care about? What is what We're casting a wide net. It's not called narrow casting. It's called broadcasting. And if you want a hobby and not make any money, it's called podcasting. Yeah. All ain't due that, respect. Ain't that the truth. Um, probably the Rams and Bills game last night. I would agree with you. The That's NFL, the right answer. The NFL dominates the sports. That's the right answer. Culture. Now, if the Cardinals would have played last night and it would have been a game like the comeback game Correct. a couple nights ago, different story. But la- yesterday was... Now, I think you can discuss, as Ben Fredrickson does in the Post-Dispatch this morning, the Wainwright concern. But as far as what I think most people at this moment are interested in talking about, I think it's probably the Rams and Bills. I think perhaps a little more with the Rams factor in St. Louis. Some people truly don't care anymore. Some people say they don't care, but they do, kind of like the guy who talks about his ex all the time and then sissy doesn't care, and you're like, but you're talking about her all the time, so this is really transparent. Um, I look at it through the lens of wagering. Them winning the Super Bowl last year and then the settlement ended my emotions to it. Mm, it was closure. It was. It, was, it wasn't the closure I wanted, right, by the closure way. Got. I wanted a trial, and I wanted them to lose, but they won. I suppose that's not necessarily something people want to hear, but you know, I don't know how you can see it otherwise. They won the Super Bowl in the building. Kroenke personally built and owns, and he got out of this with a settlement. Uh, so they won. He had a really nice December and January, and then they beat the Blues. He won again, and then he won the Cup. He won again. Knows what Arsenal do. He might win again. It's just, it's nonstop. So I view it through the lens of it's a football game, and here is, so this has nothing to do with my dislike of the Rams. Just taking a step back, they got problems. Big I don't time. know. I, I I was surprised by that. I wasn't going into it thinking. I, I I think yesterday on this show is when I discovered they were two and a half point underdogs, and I go, "Really? The Rams are two and a half point? I know there's high hopes for in Buffalo, their, but in their own building after winning the Super Bowl, right? Now their own building is certainly that. I think that's the X factor there. Well, it's it, they never really are going to have like a real home field advantage, exactly. But so therefore, it's a neutral site game in a sense, and I think Las Vegas may view it in part through that lens. But what I'm observing is they got nothing outside of Cooper Cup. Yeah. And therefore, that's going to reduce the effectiveness of Cooper Cup because defenses are going to do what Leslie Frazier did last night and just focus on Cooper Cup. The alternative, the OBJ replacement, was Allen Robinson. He did absolutely nothing. Can't one catch. Three carries, zero yards. Right, and he was supposed to be the number one back. Clearly, they went with Daryl Henderson. And on the other side of things, the Buffalo Bills are a hell of a football team. Uh, yeah, there's no Cole Beasley this year, but uh, Gabe Davis, which was a play. I went one and one with the plays. Not happy about it uh, because I want to go 2-0. and oh. Both were put in a predictionary? No, just the Gabe Davis play. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, so predictionary's record is what now? 13-5. Uh, 13-5. And, and what percentage is that? I can't do that. Uh, no, you also put the over in, so you went 50-50. Apologies. God, America. So 13-6? and six? Yeah. 18 divided by 19. Is That's 68%. Like, yeah. yeah, we need to be better. But still, 68% is good. Um, but yeah, he got he has Diggs, Davis, McKenzie, mm-hmm. 
And Jamison Crowder was very effective last night. Yep. yep. Zach Moss had his moments. That's Dawson a good football Knox team. And then you look at the defense with cool. Fallon Miller, and now you got a pass rushing specialist. That's a force. It just coincidentally, I was watching over the last couple of days. I'd seen it before, but I just love sports documentaries or what are called documentaries, but are legacy pieces done by people who are involved, called executive producers. And the is it the four falls of Buffalo, the 30 for 30? Oh, about the four straight times. Yeah. yeah. This really might be the year. Yeah. And I have to tell you something. I would love to see it for those fans. Definitely. Passionate fans. Yes. Yeah, that would be awesome because they're a really small market, but have a football culture unlike maybe any other team in the NFL. And like you said, four straight times. I mean, they've been just going through it. So if they could cross the mountaintop, especially after last year and how that ended, that would be really, really awesome because we are a smaller market relative relative to the NFL. And so to see a small market win is always great, especially after last year, which is the worst possible outcome. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure they would tell you Scott Norwood. But uh, do you know what that means, by the way? Not in the slightest. <laughs> He missed the field goal at the end of the Super Bowl against the Giants. Okay. Wide right, and it was a 47-yarder. Oh, I was talking about the Rams winning the Super Bowl. Uh, like for St. Louis. Like for I St. Louis see. Fans. I thought you were talking about the worst thing for Buffalo no, fans. No, no, no. Which Got last it. year wasn't great. Don't get me wrong, but no, I hear you saying Got that. it. So, yeah, I really feel this, this, this could be it. At the same time, as great as Josh Allen is, him running around and late in the game with a two-touchdown lead or three-touchdown lead and on a third down. or so, It wasn't even a third down. It was just a first down. And he kept it like a, I'm just going, wow. I mean, you can't let that guy get hurt. It's yeah. too, too valuable. Seriously, because that's the thing is is the health is going to be the big key with them. Because that offense, the all the wideouts, Singletary and Moss and Josh Allen can stay healthy. I don't see a better offense or even one really close. I guess we'll see how the Chiefs look without Tyreek Hill. But the Bills offense is as good as it gets. So I, I uh, we're on Gabe Davis over, was it 59.5 or 62.5? Either way, he had 88 yards. Yeah. On the over, the point total, I was wrong. I hate to do it. I know it's terrible sports talk radio because you're supposed to not talk about the stuff you got wrong. You're supposed to drive home the stuff you got right. But, you know, I was wrong as can be. And the reason I was wrong is I did not see the Rams' offense being as ineffective as it was. I thought it, the way I handle it, because I think I'll, I always think of the 2002 Rams and how bad they were and how startling it was that they were that bad. Like, did London Fletcher mean that much? Because Jamie Duncan certainly wasn't a replacement. He'd been a linebacker. Uh, if there really is a mental slash physical hangover from going that deep in the Super Bowl and losing the Super Bowl, going that deep to get to the Super Bowl and then losing it. So I'm keeping an eye on the Bengals this week and how they start the season. Yeah. You know, after a heartbreaking Super Bowl. Um, but the Rams seemed like they were the ones who were hungover. And I realized they've lost some players. Miller now on the Bills, and OBJ isn't there. And that was that was eye-opening, how bad that off. And Matt Stafford didn't look good either. Matt Stafford looked old. Yeah, he looked he – and he had one play where he rolled out and did it outside of that, though. He looked like he was lost. So it, that, was, that was an eye-opening performance from both teams. Great from the Buffalo standpoint, startlingly bad from the Los Angeles standpoint and that makes me happy but like i said it's you know the ship sailed the settlements in wherever the money will wind up going uh and cronky's got a super bowl championship in his building and it sucks and that's just the way that that is all right gabe Yarman is going to join us coming up in the next segment missouri k-state uh for missouri fans uh biggest missouri game as far as your interest level since what going into the game so we're doing this thing if we can from your point of view going into it. Um, 
Yeah, I'm trying. As far as my anticipation goes, I, I, I can't be right, but maybe it is. It's the Alabama SEC championship game. It's got to be something in between there. 65780, send your text in, Air Comfort Service text line. And don't forget, 101 ESPN is your chance to win a four pack of tickets to next week's Budweiser Bash for the Cardinals and Brewers on Tuesday, September 13th. Next, next week's Bud Bash giveaway features a limited edition. Jim Cott bobblehead, get all the details for the final Budweiser bash of the season at Bush Stadium now at cardinals.com slash promotions. All right, the Colonel with us next, presented by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. doesn't get you fired up for tomorrow at 11 o'clock in Manhattan, Kansas. I don't know if you have a pulse. Ladies and gentlemen, presented by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency in Webster Groves, it's the Colonel Gabriel P.D. Armand of Power, Mizzou. Morning, Colonel. It only took me like 12 years of doing this pony show to get an intro and a sponsor, man. It's impressive. Drop out of that. That shouldn't be said on a real station. When I'm jacking around on an AM station, it's fine. But this is real radio here. Uh, oh, my, my bad. I, I didn't know I was on the grown-up. Yeah. I'm all buttoned up. I'm wearing my lifts and everything. Colonel, are you heading to, you're heading to Manhattan, right? Yeah, I'm actually over in Lenexa right now. We came up to cover Logan Reichert's commitment last night. Yes. Going to Topeka this afternoon and Manhattan Saturday morning, just kind of incrementally making our way west. We'll, uh, we'll end up in L.A. at some point. It'll be a wonderful little journey across the country. But before, because I know I'll forget, uh, I wanted to ask you about Logan Reichert's uh, commitment. I know a lot of the people who are Power Mizzou subscribers well aware of the significance of that. But for many people listening who are casual fans, they might be like, who's Logan Reichert? What's the story? Uh, tell the people the story and why it's so important. Yeah, we've got him as the number 87 player in the country. He's an offensive lineman out of Raytown. He is listed at 6'7", somewhere between 345 and 380 pounds. So he is basically, if you and I were stacked on top of each other, right. you would get Logan Riker um, yeah. as an offensive lineman. Uh, and, I mean, big deal, obviously, top 100 four-star kid in the state, big deal on its own, but especially after Missouri missed out on uh, Caden Green from Lee Summit and Miles McVeigh from East St. Louis uh, really needed to get one of those three big-time offensive linemen in the area. They did get one, and, and I think that's the one position where, you know, Drinkwitz, for all this recruiting, probably the offensive line still has to catch up a little bit. So getting Reichert is, is a good start on that. So that is a, that's a real positive development. I recognize some people follow recruiting closely. It has been a story of success for Eli Drinkwitz in his time in Columbia. Um, and that was a big one last night. So that's why Gabe was on the west side of the state as he makes his way to Manhattan. I also saw, if I'm not mistaken, I read this on Power Missouri or Twitter feed, that the forecast is going to be rough tomorrow in Manhattan. A lot of rain expected. Yeah, it just changed, uh, I think, overnight. Um, it looks like rain's supposed to start at 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning and uh, like a 60% chance most of the day, which is, hey, there's a 40% chance it won't rain. Um, I've, I, I got you, up, Johnny uh, Optimist. I've never known you to be that <laughs> yeah. way. I, I got to dial up Doppler Dave and see what's really going to happen because <laughs> all these other people, like they guess, 
but, but you know, you got to go to got to go to the source. Yeah, double double D has on. the inside word on it. So if it rain, th- this game's going to be all about, at least from my standpoint, what Missouri can do with K State's running back, uh, Deuce Vaughn, and he is he's a star as it is, much less now potentially in some unique conditions. Unique being relative, if it's just you know rain. Uh, but the the focal point I think for Missouri fans is is can they stop that run? And then also on when Missouri has the ball, how will the offensive line perform? Form against K State's uh, front. So, what is uh, what is your analysis of those two topics for tomorrow's game? Yeah, I mean, if K State definitely run heavy, run first team. Uh, they didn't. They only threw it like 19 times last week against South Dakota. You don't take a lot out of that. Who knows? Probably even less than you take out of Missouri's game against Louisiana Tech from a game plan standpoint. But I think defensively, if you're going up against this team, it's, it's clear, especially if it's raining. You put seven, eight guys in the box, and you just say, Adrian Martinez, if you can beat us throwing the football, hats off. You're going to do it. But you'd feel – I mean, obviously, you don't really want to come home having lost, but if if you lose because Deuce Vaughn ran for 200 yards, that's a lot harder to stomach than if Adrian Martinez, you know, through windy and rainy weather, managed to throw the ball all over you and beat you. Hey, sometimes things happen. Um, So that's what I would expect to see defensively. I think the common wisdom is – you know, rain generally favors the defense and favors the running game over the passing game. So I already kind of thought this would be a fairly low-scoring game because K-State likes to – they're back a little bit to that Bill Snyder 2.0 approach of, hey, let's let's slow the game down, let's grind it out, let's wait for other teams to make mistakes. So I don't really see them playing like a 42-35 game. I think it was going to be lower scoring to begin with. And if the weather is – if the forecast is accurate – and and you're in wet and and windy conditions, then I, I think probably even more emphasis on that. With with regards to Missouri's approach tomorrow, uh, I know again, like you said, it's Louisiana Tech and South Dakota for for K State. So what can you take from it? But I know people are going, okay, what about the offensive line? Brady Cook getting some time. K State's defense. How are they going to manage that? What is your uh, what is your thought on that uh, that point of concern? Yeah, I mean, Missouri's weakness on offense if they have one i think is the offensive line it was okay it sounds weird to say it was okay when they ran for 320 yards but i didn't think it was great by any means got stuffed a couple times in short yardage against louisiana tech brady cook had to move around a little bit and k-state's strength is the defensive line um Um, they've got uh you know felix i i haven't yet learned his last two names uh this week so i might eventually do that before game time but his name is felix he's a very good player um he had six sacks in a game last year preseason uh big 12 defensive player of the year at defensive end so he's going to be a problem uh could be lining up you know again at over missouri's right tackle zeke powell who i think a lot of people are, are wondering um you know is that the weak link on the offensive line they've got a pretty good nose tackle uh, Eli Drinkwitz joke. His name is Eli, so he has to be a good player, but he'll be lined up over uh, Connor Tolleson, uh, a center, making his second start. And, and K-State runs a, a 3-3-5 defense, which is something that not a lot of teams do. And when you've got a center making his second start, and he's the guy in charge of you know calling out protections and things like that, and then you've got a quarterback making only his third start against a defense that they just don't see a lot, you know, you wonder if, if that could cause some problems in, in figuring out where pressure is going to come from. I think there's a lot of anticipation from Missouri fans for this game. And I was saying to Jackson in the first segment, I'm just trying to think, and maybe you'll be able to point to, to one that's obvious and I just missed it. 
But as far as expectation and enthusiasm, expectation is the right enthusiasm that I have to watch this game. It's the first time that I can think of a game where I, I told my wife, I said, listen, I just want to be able to watch this game tomorrow because I'm really not because I think that this is some championship season. I'd love to love for it to be, but it's not what my, I, I want to see where the program is and I want to see what we've got in 2022. And it's the first time I feel like I'm thinking that way as far as I really want to lock in on a game because I want to get a gauge for how good this team can be in a long, long time. Uh, what is your perspective on this game and then also your pulse on the fan base for this game? I think it's really for both teams kind of a pivot point in the season. Um, not not that if you lose, it doesn't mean you can't have a good year. But you know, we've talked a lot. If Missouri's going to get to seven wins, they almost have to win at least one of this game and the Auburn game. K State, you know, they I think they're picked like fifth or sixth in the Big Twelve. But a lot of people have them as like this dark horse. Hey, that's the team to keep an eye on. Well, if you're going to lose at home to Missouri as an eight point favorite, maybe those hopes are a little bit unrealistic right so it's I think one team's going to come out of this game saying hey everything we think about ourselves is right and we can overachieve and the other team's going to come out of this game and a lot of people are going to look at them and say hey you know maybe we're right maybe maybe this this is a team that's going to struggle to make a bowl game I think Missouri's over under was five and a half wins K-State yep. six and a half so you know this is viewed as kind of a matchup between like middling power five teams and so which one's going to separate itself is maybe a team that can do more than that and which one is is going to be fighting just to get to that point um so yeah i think it's a a big game just as far as as the seasons go and both fan bases are fired up for this look i mean we all you know it's been 11 years and this was not mizzou kansas this might not even maybe have been mizzou nebraska as far as a rivalry but there's a lot of history there they've played 97 times um, and it is kind of a flashback for for a lot of these fans to, you know, where these programs came from. Um, and and I think Bill Snyder Family Stadium will be uh, will be packed to the gills, standing room only tickets. And I think they'll be excited for this one in Manhattan. And there are a lot of Missouri fans that want to be able to to get some bragging rights and be able to say, ha ha ha, we went to the SEC and it's way better than the Big Twelve. And what are you doing over there now? So yeah. you know. Uh, think it'd be good on both sides two and oh going into abilene christian would uh, feel a lot better than one and one and most likely two and one going into uh, auburn uh that is what is at stake in about 24 hours gabe diarman and power will be there for your coverage if you're a missouri fan a college football fan i highly recommend uh, powermazoo.com. The coverage is outstanding. Colonel presented by James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency. Gabe, enjoy the trip and enjoy the game. We'll look forward to your coverage on Power Mizzou. Appreciate it, Tim. Thanks, man. Take it easy. Thanks, there he is, Gabe DeArmond with us here. Also a big day in the SEC East with Florida taking on Kentucky and South Carolina going to Arkansas. I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing what goes on there. So big day of college football. I think the glamour matchup is what? Alabama and Texas. It is indeed. You think that stays close? No, I do not. Yeah, I think the number is like three touchdowns, too. Yeah. I mean, Texas just isn't ready in Alabama. This will be the first game where they can really show out. Blake Anderson, who was the coach at Arkansas State, who nearly became the coach at Missouri until the board of curators said we're not doing this, uh, is now the coach at Utah State, and he said that's the best team I've ever coached against when he coached Utah State against Alabama last week. We'll I see bet. how it plays out tomorrow. For the record, the spread is 20, Alabama minus 20 
at Texas. I wonder when the last time Texas was a three-touchdown underdog at home. All right, uh, on the other side of the break, uh, we have uh, the little piddles, uh, questions for the day. Do you want to talk about Adam Wainwright and the Cardinals and where things stand on that front as they head into the three-game series with the Pirates? Uh, that is coming up on the other side of the break. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, 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 yes. I didn't catch a another WNBA update there. I was kind of distracted reading the Piddles questions for today's show. Look at the number three seed, Connecticut Sun, taking down the Chicago Sky. Who are these people? And Why are they chirping? Uh, yeah, well, WNBA... Uh, we got a little finals. Las Vegas Aces versus the Connecticut Sun. 65780. That is how you can update uh, or win tickets. Uh, Jackson Sports Center update tends to be a topic. Uh, also, Jackson carrying Greg's baby, a topic. 101 ESPN has your chance to win a four-pack of tickets to next week's Budweiser Bash for Cardinals and Brewers, Tuesday, September 13th. Next week's Bud Bash giveaway features a limited edition Jim Cott bobblehead. Get all the details for the final Budweiser Bash of the season at Bush Stadium now at cardinals.com slash promotions. Win the tickets by sending in the text that Jackson deems to be the best, and he will announce that at about 10.57 today. So uh, come up with your finest efforts. Jackson, did you check the the mic drop folder? Yeah. No, we got some. Uh, But I haven't vetted them, so it wouldn't be right. I mean, how many times can we fight in one week? I know. It's getting getting to a problem. I mean, these people are leaving mic drops. Well, luckily, we have one more segment, so I will listen to them in the next break. And then if if I deem them good for air... We got sweet action. These texts are unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. All right, Jackson has sent these questions over. It has nothing to do with Sue Bird's career. As Yachty and Wayno tied the record for most games started as a battery, it had me reminiscing. I'm reading Jackson's questions even though he is available to read them. Like I've said before, Yachty has been the Cardinals catcher since I was in kindergarten, and Wainwright closed out the first full season of baseball I can remember in October of 2006. My entire life as a Cardinal fan has direct ties to the starting battery yesterday. My question is twofold. First, what is your favorite Yachty moment? And what is your favorite Wayno moment? And what is your favorite moment of them together? Second, it is almost a guarantee that both of them will drink free in this town forever. And while there have been many legends come through St. Louis, only a few have that status. Who are some of the other St. Louis athletes that are St. Louis royalty and will never, ever pay for a drink in this town again? All right. Favorite Molina moment. What is yours? I have mine, and I don't think it's going to be yours. And I think it's going to be one that people go, ah, now that you said it, I really like this, too. Uh, when he hit the home run after the scrap with Brandon Phillips. Um, I, I thought you were just going to go with the Shea Stadium home run in Game 7, yeah, which would have been certainly that's number two acceptable. Uh, we're actually in the same game. Oh. But my favorite thing is when Phillips came up after saying what he said, tapped him, tapped him on the, sh- on the shin, guard. shin guard, and Molina got up right after him. Yeah, and I got to tell you, I loved it. Yeah. That... I absolutely loved it. Yeah. yeah. I I thought that was so good. It was incredible. I li- I also, I mean, obviously the home run to win the NLCS is, you know, certainly up there, of course. Hashtag Mount Rushmore. Another one that I really enjoyed recently uh, was game four of the 2019 NLDS. 
He hits the sack fly, and he runs straight toward Ronald Acuna in center field and does the throat slap. Yeah, throws his helmet out there. Yeah, and, I mean, it was – and throws his helmet out. I'm just like, I love I, – I like that stuff. Now, if I were a Braves fan or if Molina were on the Braves and he did that to somebody on the Cardinals, I, I would imagine – you know, it's not usually a two-way street. There's some hip- – if we can be honest about it, there's probably a double standard there, and I would have to look – but I love having that because usually, usually, especially now that we've seen these documentaries, you know, The Last Dance um, and, you know, the mama mentality with Kobe Bryant, Tiger Woods talking about these things that motivated him. In order to kill, they either focus on somebody or something that somebody does in the opposition that irritates them or they just come up with some kind of slight to motivate them either further to optimize their performance. Yeah. And that's what he does. And yeah. that's what he did. And I personally love that kind of crap. Now, best moment of them together is the 2006 NLCS yes. and freezing Carlos Beltran. Nastiest pitch I've ever seen. Oh, my God. An absolute top to bottom 12 to 6 curveball there. That is it lives filthy. In, in infamy in New York. Oh, yeah. He lives in infamy oh, yeah. in New York. And Carlos Beltran's career is is as great as it was, probably ends in Cooperstown at some point. Yeah. Uh, that is something that sticks with him, even though it's not like he took a fastball down the middle. No. Now, I can recall, and I would imagine a lot of you listening remember that, once Wainwright had two strikes on a hitter in that October, you knew what was coming. Mm-hmm. Didn't mean you could hit it, right. but you knew what was coming. Yeah. It was over. Yeah. I remember when he got the second strike on Beltran, and I said to my wife, I said, it's over. It's over. Now, I didn't think it was going to go down like that, right. that he would just freeze him like that. Unbelievable. And then the silence yeah. in the building, they I were stunned, so yeah. and, it, and it ended this incredible game. So that's the best. Now, it, nobody you'll be talking about yesterday you know, I don't know. What would you talk about yesterday? Right. Um, but from a, you know, 2022 perspective, what's going on with Wainwright is a little concerning. I like what Ben Fredrickson wrote. I would yep. recommend to people uh, reading his column because this isn't the first time that he has run into these kinds of problems in his career, even this year. And he knows what the issues are and he's just got to get it right. And they immediately were looking at video yesterday. It was clear. I wasn't watching the game as it was going on, but I was watching uh, game cast, and I, I didn't even need to see it to know that he wasn't on. First off, one strikeout through, I think, the first four innings, that tells you, especially against that group, that tells you he's not on. Uh, the fact that uh, balls were being hit hard and he gave up as many hits as he did against that group, you just knew he wasn't on. But it's back-to-back starts against two operations that aren't going to be competitive or haven't been competitive and aren't going to be competing in October. And who would we say is the number one starter whenever the Cardinals start the playoffs? Adam Wainwright. So it's tough to not, it's tough to dismiss it. Now, I think what we've done here locally, and I can recall specifically 2009, um, when the Cardinals had a terrible September, and the Cardinals aren't having a terrible September, uh, but they did have a terrible September in 2009, and the way that locally it was spun, because fans operate like fans it's not unique to st louis is oh well that's because they've got the division wrapped up by so much they weren't motivated and they'll flip the switch when the postseason starts and the switch was flipped by the tune of the dodgers sweeping them out of the playoffs 
So it's not something you can just disregard. But because he's been there before and because he's changed it and turned it around, it would be hard to uh, bet against Adam Wainwright at this moment and that he won't come out against the Brewers as next start and, and have it right. So I'm not concerned, but I do think it's worth having the observation uh, that it has been two consecutive rough starts, and he's down on himself about it. But, you know, I mean, do I expect him to continue to have poor starts? Absolutely not. If anything, I'd be surprised if it continued in his start against the Brewers next time he takes the ball. Cardinals and Pirates this weekend. Jackson, three straight right-handed starters. Yeah, I From know. the Albert Pujols question, where is your percentage? 24%. Oh. Now you're trying to form some semblance of consistency. Yeah, I last yesterday I thought he was going to get one right over five. Yeah, I thought he was going to get one. That, I can't remember what inning it was, but it just felt it was with two outs. He grounded into a double play, or no, it couldn't have been with two outs. What am I talking about? But uh, it was four out inning. It's rare, but they do it sometimes when the right. up. Yeah, the Nationals aren't paying attention, so they can get away with it. Yeah, but it was a it was a first pitch that he just hammered into the ground. But yeah, I think three straight right-handed hit uh, pitchers. I, I I want him to do it. I want that to be clear. So to everybody. you want to give me twenty dollars because you did bet I that would he wouldn't love, do it. Love to give you twenty dollars for this, but I just don't think I will be. All right, fair enough. There it is. Cardinals and Pirates this weekend. You'd like to think they're going to get two or three. Can you look up the number on the Cardinals to win the series? You better believe I can. By the way, uh, your thoughts are welcome on the topic six five seven eight zero. And don't forget, we're giving away these Bud Bash tickets for the Cardinals and Brewers on Tuesday, September thirteenth courtesy of 101 ESPN and the Bud Bash promotion, cardinals.com slash promotion. It's the final one of the year, and it will go to the best text. The best text, of course, subjective, but Jackson is going to decide it unilaterally on his own at approximately 1057. So you have 12 more minutes to get him in. Uh, what, 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 what do we have here? What they guess? Cardinals to win the series minus 235. Wow. No way more. Cardinals minus 360. Wow. I'm all, I can't figure the math on how they <laughs> arrive at this stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. that's what I remember I said that when they were playing the Reds, and then you're like, no, it's minus 210. And I'm going, what in the world? <laughs> yeah. So now I've overcorrected, and now it's minus 360. Yeah. Yeah. The Yankees, who are taking on the Rays this weekend, are minus 135 to win that series. Rays plus 110. Why are you telling me this? Food for thought. Just in case the, the talent scouts in New York are listening, or Tampa for that matter. And right. Yeah, we talk Rays and Yankees. We do, yeah. <laughs> Credit us. Uh, yeah, if you'd like Jackson to give you spreads, apparently he's just giving out numbers today of non-local teams. He's certainly updating you on uh, what's going on with the Las Vegas Aces. Yeah, so, Connecticut Sun, too. Yeah, Connecticut Sun. Keep an eye on that. Honestly, until that popped up, <laughs> you know, from the one of the 7,000 ESPN tweets about it last night. You didn't know that there was a team in I had no idea. I go, oh. Huh. And then I moved on. Ah. And because I knew I'd hear about it around 1035. Yeah. All right. We'll give away that uh, text for the Cardinal tickets in the next segment. There's a question you have in here regarding what Dan Levitard said in the Tom Brady situation on his on these reports about him having marital issues because of I really enjoy it. But I feel like it's like a two hour podcast. Yeah. Anything, but I'll I touch on it in the next segment. Uh, that's next. Balloon Party 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Final segment of Balloon Party. Breaking news from 101 ESPN executive producer Mike Ryder. Matt Rocchio, the pride of St. Gabriel's, uh, did not give away Bud Bash tickets. 
because he wanted to save them for the one-hour midday show as a morning drive. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. that's the answer. It wasn't, it wasn't that he forgot. He no, just recognized no. right. the power of the magic of Balloon Party. So that means we're giving away two tickets. Two yes. sets of tickets. Two sets of tickets. All right, so that's coming your way uh, here in a matter of five minutes. Wow, we still have time. Wow. Look at this. Look at the clock management. Look at the clock management here. Mike McCarthy wouldn't be proud. Uh, that means we have time for uh, Mic Drop. You took the time for the first time this week to mm-hmm. look into the Mic Drop folder, and we, uh, we do have one that you have chosen. Yes, we do. We have uh, our friend Steve is back, and... Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a long season. You're going to lose some games. Still got, what, eight and a half games up on the Brewers? Stop it! You played the worst team in the league, and you can't win more than two games? Two things in this world make me happy. A Cardinals win and the touch of a woman. I got neither yesterday. The game was four hours. I was so drunk by the end of it, I had no game. Couldn't do anything with the women. Shorten the game if you're going to lose. Tired of it. Well, he got uh, he got a, a bad beat on both fronts, and uh, for that we are sorry to hear it. The mic drop, however, is an outlet. I think it's therapeutic. Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, hopefully these games in Pittsburgh will be brief. But if the Cardinals are losing, ideally they will shorten the game so Steve can enjoy. Uh, the touch of a female friend. Uh, Jackson, what do we have going on over there? Uh, I'm picking out, because now that we have two, it's kind of putting the man to the test, as you like to say. Yeah, so I the can... man to the test. You shove your chips all in, and you make the man make a decision for his stack. That's what you do. You put the man to the test. You've been put to the test. How are you responding to the test? Uh, you know, not bad. Uh, not great, though, because I have to, you know, it's the little pill show here on 101 ESPN. <laughs> Tim, they purposely didn't give the tickets away because they love hearing all the insults thrown at little piddles, so they figured they would double it up. That's from the 636. Yeah, they're sure doing that. Tim, you're the greatest. Can I please have some tickets? That's a great strategy on TMA, but on this show, Jackson has full control of Congress. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Like full I'm... control. And now you have two sets of tickets to give away. These are four tickets to a Cardinals and Brewers game as Albert Pools. He might hit his 700th home run on Tuesday. Jackson doesn't want him to, as you've heard. But he might do it, and you might get these just for sending in a text. And here's Piddles over there, and I can't—I don't know what's going on back there, but he keeps looking in the back. Yeah, I know. I just make it rocky. I'm making sure because he's like gesturing again. He's doing that. Okay. All right, I got the two texts. There we go. All right. First, we got Mark, and he texted in: Are you contractually required to give ESPN eight the Ocho updates for the WNBA? And then the second is, one is that a, is that a compliment or a criticism? Uh, I'll take it as both. And then uh, the next one is from Avery, who writes, "Hey, hey, pregnant boy! Today is my nephew in law's birthday. Do I win the tickets now?" <laughs> so, congrats to Mark and Avery. Mark and Avery are going to the Cardinal game. Uh, really, a, a tie that binds throughout the course of the week with these Bud Bash tickets is Jackson being pregnant. Right. Yeah. Yes. This is I'm exactly Greg's, whoever what one ESPN visualized when they brought us on board. Yep. Hey, will you guys do a one-hour midday show and talk about the, the guy running the board being pregnant? Sure, I can do that. Anything else? Nope, that's all we want. By September, just have a storyline where the board operator, the male, is pregnant. Yep. Sure. Sweeps week, Tim. 
Happy to do it. Yep. Uh, let's see. Uh, Jackson, all the Cardinal haters need to step back. Mo has done another great job. That was directed at you, Stephen Wildwood. Yeah, I thought that was directed at me. I was like, I'm, I'm no help on you there. Tim, I love you more on 101 than on TMA. I love Pringle, a.k.a. Vili Husso's doppelganger on TMA more because he barely speaks and we don't get Ledoux open gym updates. That's from the 314. You yeah. talk about open gymnasiums in Ledoux? Well, I think he means like 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 open gyms, like practices, and I don't. I don't think I ever have. But if you would like me to regale you in some of the tales from my Ladue basketball practice days, just let me know. Yeah, how was how was it? Uh, I always try to dunk. Jackson, uh, Missouri, 24 hours away. Cardinals and Pirates this weekend. NFL season opening up. Um, I'm looking forward to all of it. I love – this is like the first – like, you just feel back. You get Saturday, all those college football games, better matchups than week one. Well, some. Alabama-Texas. Arguing, Texas. With, arguing yeah. with yourself underway. But then Sunday, you get red zone fired up. I'm a, I am I usually only watch for the noon to three games. The West Coast games, there's less games, and I don't think the matchup. But I guess the AFC West. Arguing I'm arguing with myself again. again. I know. But then you, you conclude with the Sunday night football game. It's a good way to go into the week. This is like a great – and – uh, good weather on Saturday. Yeah, the weather's going to be choice in St. Louis. Yeah, watch the game outside possibly on Saturday. Oh, is your friend of the feather going no, to join you I think for I'm a cocktail? Play... Are you I... drinking a Cosmopolitan, uh, no, Barbara? I don't like Cosmopolitans. Uh, I think that I am going to play golf. At Log Cabin, I assume? No, but we booked it and I forgot about the Mizzou game. But... Uh, Tee off at 1 o'clock, so I'll be able to watch on my phone while playing. All right, there it is. Jackson's plans, of course, involve a private club. He will not disclose where. Right. You, you could just pick. I mean, It's bogey. Right, yeah. So that's where Jackson will be. He will not be available, and uh, he has decided to betray his public university uh, for the bogey club, so I want all Mizzou fans to be aware of that. Time for us to shut it down. Congratulations to Avery. And Mark. And Mark. Hey, pregnant boy. <laughs> Nephew-in-law. Nephew-in-law. <laughs> Do I have a nephew-in-law? I don't think. I mean, that's not something I can help you with. And now we're going into BK and Ferrario's time with you arguing with yourself and then wondering if you have a nephew-in-law. I and don't think I That's what's going do. on. Think. How would you? Well, am I anybody's nephew-in-law? I guess. I think it's just nephew. Yeah, why don't you stick around in their studio and, and continue to debate this? I'm sure Chew the fat with them. <laughs> uh, time for us to shut it down for Action Jackson. I'm Tim McKernan. This has been the award-winning Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors, we're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.